After a exhilarating win, a deflating loss, Sabres lose in Ottawa. We'll break it down. Got up an update on the World Juniors for you and a look around the Eastern Conference standings after the Sabres drop one, but they got a little bit of help around the conference. We'll let you know what happened next here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. <laughs> Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Sneaky Joe DiBiase at Sneaky Joe Sports on Twitter at Locked On Sabres to follow the podcast account. Give us a like and a subscribe wherever you may be listening, whether that be Odyssey, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you can watch the show on YouTube. Our uh, couple of comments looking through our last video on our YouTube channel. Captain Ahab4325, we're going to go with today. He says, more love needs to be shown towards Krebs. He's come a long way. A couple weeks ago, his game looked lost. I half agree uh, on Krebs. His numbers are still not there, but he is playing a lot better, I think, on that oposo Gergensen's line. Um, but, yes, he's one of the young players that – one of the few young players that's kind of been disappointing this season. But I don't know how much – help he's really getting given that he's on a checking line. I think he's doing a serviceable job doing as well as possibly could for the type of player he is on a line like that. It starts in the defensive zone a lot and plays more of a physical brand of hockey, but I would like to see him at some point get a shot in. I don't really want to say the top six because I don't want to mess with either one of those top two lines, but maybe at some point try him out again with Victor Olofsson without Casey Middlestat or try him with Middlestat without Victor Olofsson. Those three just can't coexist together. So I might try Krebs um, with Olofsson on a line and maybe Jost and then throw Middlestat down on that oposo Gergensen's line. I would play around with it, you know, see if you can get him some more power play minutes. I think there are ways to get more out of Krebs than they had than they have uh, yet to try. Uh, But a good question there. A lot of Sabres going to the playoffs excitement on our YouTube comment section after our last video, which was titled Sabres Upset the Bruins in their own barn. And that was a fun game to watch and to react to on Saturday. And then kind of a bummer, a, a deflator on Sunday in Ottawa. You went from beating the best team in hockey in their own rink when they had only lost twice there all season to you lose to a bad Ottawa team, yes, again, on the road, and yes, a second of a back-to-back. So there are some built-in excuses that are reasonable, but definitely deflating to see the Sabres drop that one to the Senators. And they're not horrible. They're not one of the worst teams in the league, but I don't think Ottawa's a very good team. Uh, They have a lot of holes throughout their roster, and they are a lesser team to me than the Sabres are. The Sabres also outplayed them, I thought, in this game. They had more shot attempts in this game. They outshot them. They had a higher expected goals for number. They had more scoring chances. They had more of a lot of things than the Senators in this game. And that's with the Sabres really looking like they didn't have their legs uh, throughout maybe the entire game. There was a stretch of hockey in the late first where they actually got a couple of power plays where it looked like the Sabres did have their legs. Um, 
But for the most part, it didn't look like they were all that energized. They were fried, emotionally burnt, maybe from the game before in Boston. And they still had a look at it. They still had a look at it, a chance to win the game at the end. Um, So a lot was going on in that game that we'll get to more in depth coming up here in just a second. Uh, First up, though. Quick update on the World Junior Championships. If you're following along with the Sabres prospects in this tournament, Yuri Kulic, Kulik, gotta get used to that. Yuri Kulik for Czechia, Noah Osland, and Isaac Rosine for Sweden. The quarterfinals are today on Monday. And I don't have updates for you on the US or Canada game because those are going to happen later after I record here. But at time of recording, Czechia is up 3-1 to one in the first period against Switzerland. And this was supposed to be one of the best Czechia teams we've ever seen um, at the World Juniors. Yuri Kulic, Kulik, ah, big reason why. That's CH, it's going to mess with you. Yuri Kulik has been a big reason why they were had these expectations and why they've been performing well at the tournament. And 3-1 after one period against Switzerland. And Kulik does have a goal in the first period. He has been... One of the 10 best forwards uh, throughout this tournament. There was a list I saw of expected goals for rankings at this tournament. And like Connor Bedard, far running away, number one from Canada. He's going to be the number one overall pick in the NHL draft. He might be the second best prospect to Connor McDavid in the last 15 years. He is just lighting it up. He's going to win MVP. He's already maybe set the world junior record. Just unbelievable tournament. He was number one. Number six. Number six was Yuri Kulik. Not that far behind uh, the guy who was in fifth. So just about a top five guy in terms of expected goals for at this tournament. He's carrying the puck. He is shooting the puck. Really, his release is on display more than anything. He's playing top top line for Czechia, top power play. He's been great. And he looks like he's not too far away from the NHL. He looks, to me, the closest of any of these Sabre prospects. Um, and I would guess they're going to pull that one out over Switzerland. So... Guessing at this moment, but I think they're going to get through uh, to the sum to the uh, to the semifinals. The other quarterfinal matchup, one of the other quarterfinal matchups, the other two Saber prospects at the tournament: Noah Oslin, Isaac Rosine, both first round picks from the last two years. They and Sweden advance past Finland with a three to two win in the corners. They at quarters, they are on to the semis. Neither guy had a point. And either one of these games, they've been a little bit more up and down throughout the tournament than Kulik has. Uh, but overall, I would still say very good tournaments. But uh, from the little bit I saw of this game, I didn't notice them all that much. Rosine took a penalty in the first period, a tripping penalty. Um, Oslin, you know, does the job. He flashes a little bit here and there. Uh, but neither one is playing up to the standard that Kulik has set. But still, good tournaments overall for both. And they will continue on to the semis. When we come back... A little bit more from my notes. I'm not going to do an explain yourself segment here because I had a family thing during the game, so I wasn't really on Twitter all that much. But I got some notes jotted down from this game on a couple of individuals, some more takeaways from Sabres and Senators before we get to our goat head of the night. I got my MVP of the game for the Sabres, and then we'll take a sail across the Atlantic, look around the division and the conference and what happened in the playoff race around the Sabres. They got some help, uh, I would say, on... uh, on uh, Sunday night. That's coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are brought to you by Athletic Greens. So, AG1, how does it benefit your lifestyle? It can benefit you with digestion, energy, it's simplicity. 
the taste is it's very strong. I like doing it with just a little drops. Just drop it in my water. You don't even notice it's there. Or the shakes are really tasty. Put them together, and uh, it's a really good breakfast substitute. Uh, Lifestyle-friendly, whether you're eating keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. AG1, it's a small micro habit with big benefits. The one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in these winter months when we don't get as much sunlight. Athletic Greens, over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. In 2020, AG1, purchased carbon credits that support projects protecting old growth rainforests for every purchase. They donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including no kid hungry here in the U S this is a company that you want to support with your business to take, make it easy. Athletic greens is going to make it easy for you. Free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. The Sabres fall 3-1 to one to the Ottawa Senators on Sunday night. They dropped to 18 15 and 2 on the year, Ottawa improves to 17, 17, and three. So a couple of notes I jotted down for this game. The Sabres, as I mentioned, they had a look at it. They had a look at it at the end, a chance to win the hockey game, and they had a couple of really good scoring chances down the stretch. None better than Victor Olofsson with just a couple of minutes to play. He leaks out to the, the left side of the goaltender behind the defenseman, and Casey Middlestat driving down around almost behind the net, puts the puck out in front, and Olofsson's able to get a one-timer on. And Victor Olofsson, it's one play that doesn't go his way, but that is the play he is paid for. That is the only thing he really does of any sort of value to the Sabres is finishing opportunities like that. So very disappointing, to say the least, that he did not bury that chance Um for the Sabres. He, by the way, Olofsson, I've, I've been getting on middle set a lot this year. Um, Olofsson is going through a pretty sizable drought as well. Uh, he has not scored in his last uh, six games. He only has two goals in his last 14 games um, and three goals. Actually, excuse me. He has four goals in his last 23 games. And again, guy that's paid to score goals, that's about a that's about an eight goal pace in his last twenty some uh, over an eighty two game stretch. Uh, so a lot of his goals coming early in the year, and he's really that that production has dried up. That line that he plays on gets beat bad at five on five, and he is a big reason for that. Um, I mean. I don't know what type of value he'd have in the trade market. He always is the first guy I think of, even more so than than Middlestat a little bit for me. Middlestat can at least carry the puck a little bit. Um, he can play make a little bit. He drives me crazy. But Olsen is just, we know what Olsen is. Middlestat, we probably know what Middlestat is, but what's Middlestat? Middlestat is still 24 years old, just turned 24, whereas Olsen is 27. So I, I think – and. Middlesex cheaper. I know the Sabres don't care about that with the cap right now being the way it is. Um, 
I I am team trade Olafson. If there's ever a deal that comes about where you think you just need to up the value just a little bit more, I don't need to cut him. I don't need to you know buy him out, send him off the roster. Um, but I, Asplund is a guy I'd rather have in the lineup at this point than Victor Olafson would be. And I'm not I'm not. This is not just because of that one chance. I mean that kind of was everything coming to a head for me uh, on Olafson. Other things I noticed down the stretch of this game: JJ Paterka and Jack Quinn benched late in the third period. This is becoming a trend where the Sabres get into close games, one goal games down the stretch, and they either see their minutes depleted or just don't see the ice at all. And for me, I think that's a mistake. Quinn is one of the best Sabres all year uh, at five on five. And Paterka is one of their best play generators uh, at five on five all year long. Yeah, they're young. Yeah, they're bound to make mistakes here and there, but they're going to give you more positive plays that counteract that than Olafson's and middle stats are going to. So I would keep riding Quinn and Paterko no matter the game situation. Cousins, they took off that line because they want to keep playing Cousins. They put him with middle stat and Olafson. I think that's a mistake to bench those two. I would much sooner be benching middle stat and Olafson at five on five late and in overtime as well. That's the That to me is the thing that drove me the most crazy was against Boston. Olafson and Middlestad got shifts in overtime. And I don't believe Quinn or Paterka did. I'll double check that that's right. But those two are two of your fastest players. Paterka is probably your fastest player on the team. And for those two to not be playing at three on three, man, that 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 to me is, that is crazy. Uh, also, pretty solid game from Craig Anderson in this one. Um, the Senators did get 32 shots registered against the Sabres in this one. So, a solid performance from Craig Anderson. They did not lose this game because of goaltending. He turned away 30 of 32 shots, only two goals allowed. Uh, so the Sabres goaltending continues to play well, going back to Lukanen's last uh, few games as well. Anderson played well for a couple of games. And we continue to wonder what's going to happen with Eric Comrie returns. Uh, my guess, by the way, at this point, is they're going to carry three goaltenders. My guess is the Sabres are going to carry three goaltenders and Anderson might be the the odd man out. I mean, maybe he gets a start here and there, but I bet he's third third in the pecking order because Lukanen's playing the best right now. And if he's going to be up here, that's the only way you can do it. He's got to be playing the most or at least 50-50. He's got to be getting his games for development. And also right now, because he is their best goaltender and has given them the, their best stretch of five, six games that any goalie has all year. Comrie... They're going to want to see that out. They're going to want to give him one more chance, at least, to say the least. Maybe they want to give him five more chances. Um, but he's going to get another crack at it. It's 11 games in, and it's not going well, and there's reason to believe it's not going to happen for him as a starting goalie in the NHL. But they signed him for a reason. He was the best backup goalie in hockey last year, and to just write that off after 11 games, sure, that's probably a little bit presumptuous. I would be pessimistic, but I want, wouldn't just be completely writing him off. So... I think what probably happens is they carry three goaltenders at the NHL level for as long as Lukanen is playing well. Lukanen and Comrie are, will split the lion's share of the work, and Anderson will just kind of get filtered through once one start every now and then. Or maybe Anderson just goes away. Maybe they just tell him, hey, this was always bound to happen. They probably told him this in the offseason, that if Lukanen plays well, this could happen. Um, so maybe Anderson just goes and finds an island and hangs him up and, uh, you know, enjoys Aruba or something and starts his retirement early. Uh, all right. Goat head of the night, goat head of the night to get that in for Sabres and senators. I'm going to give it to Rasmus Dahlin. Rasmus Dahlin. I thought, yeah, it wasn't perfect throughout the entirety of the game, but man, he was doing everything he could to help the Sabres score in this game. In fact, in the first period, 
not one, but twice. He dances through the entire Senators team and almost is able to score. The first of which he goes coast to coast and then gets around the net, goes forehand, backhand, and it just leaks wide. And then only a couple of minutes later, he does the same thing, dances through the entire Senators defense. He actually gets behind them and gets hooked down. And did anybody else think that should have been a penalty shot? Because I thought that was pretty close. He's behind everybody when the penalty happens. Yeah, he's barely behind them, and he just happened to get behind them like a, a half a second before. But rules are rule. He's behind the D, and he got hooked down. I thought that should have been a penalty shot. Um, and the Sabres were not able to score in a five-on-three. By the way, before I run, end on this game, that five-on-three to end the first period was the most embarrassing five-on-three I've ever seen. They, they didn't even get a shot, let alone a goal. They didn't even get a shot. At the end of the first, they might've gotten one on the same power play at the start of the second, but wow, they were bad on that one. But Darlene is our goat head of the night. Um, in this game, uh, he plays, where'd he go? Uh, 29 minutes and 29 seconds of ice time. They were leaning on him heavily. Only two shots on goal, one giveaway. He did end up with a minus two on the night, but I thought Darlene was fantastic uh, throughout the game. Uh, what were his expected goals for numbers in this game? He was at 58%. Really strong, 58%. All right, uh, when we come back, what happened around the Sabres? What happened in the division, in the conference, and how far back did they sit out of a playoff spot updated for January 2nd? That's coming up here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Thanks again for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. When you're done with us, make sure to check out Locked On NHL Prospects. If you want more talk about the World Juniors, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up all the way from now until the NHL draft, plus NHL draft rankings throughout the year, top prospects comparisons for every team, and, of course, coverage of the World Junior Championships. Locked On NHL Prospects available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right, sail across the Atlantic. The New York Rangers and the Florida Panthers met on Sunday night. The Rangers above the Sabres in the standings, the Panthers below the Sabres in the standings, and the Rangers get a 5-3 regulation win. Florida drops their seventh of their last 10. They've lost back-to-back games, and they now sit with 36 points in 38 games. That is two points behind the Sabres with three games played more. Three games played more than the Sabres. The Rangers with the win, they jump into that top wildcard spot. They continue to get results. They're going to be a tough team to track down because of their goaltending uh, and Igor Shesterkin, but the roster and their are is pretty good as well. Uh, the Rangers are at 46 points in 38 games, so they played three more games than the Sabres and have eight more points. Uh, also, Good news for the Sabres in that the Seattle Kraken help them out. A West Coast team beating the New York Islanders. Islanders now 44 points in 38 games played. The Sabres remain six points back of the Islanders with three games in hand. However, the Islanders are no longer in a playoff spot. Pittsburgh has dropped down. Pittsburgh has dropped down. They're actually playing in the Winter Classic as I speak. Uh, Pittsburgh's at 44 points in 36 games. The Sabres with one game in hand. They'll have two after today's game, uh, and they are six points back. And then uh, I already mentioned Pittsburgh, so I guess that's pretty much all you need to know about what's going on around them. So the Sabres remain six points out of a playoff spot. They have games in hand on everybody. And it's a big game coming on Tuesday because one of those teams I didn't mention that's above them is Washington. Washington is old, but they are getting results. 
their old guys are still performing up to snuff, really, except for TJ Oshie. TJ Oshie is the one that he's just, he's, he's done. But everybody else, John Carlson and Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, um, and they still have Anthony Mantha. I know he's not one of their older guys. Marcus Johansson's even playing well for them, uh, former Sabre. They're at 47 points in 39 games played, so eight points above the Sabres, but, or nine points above the Sabres, but they played four more games. So the Sabres can really start the path to tracking them down with a win on Tuesday. That'll be a tough out uh, in D.C. That'll be Tuesday night's affair between the Sabres and the Capitals. We'll talk about Sabres and Capitals the next time you hear from us. So thanks, everybody, for listening to today's show. Again, check us out at Lockdown Sabres on Twitter. You can check out the Lockdown Sabres YouTube channel. You can drop a comment or a question, either one, Twitter or YouTube. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Again, now we're going to make your next listen locked on NHL prospects if you're looking for more talk on the World Junior Championships. Thanks for listening to Locked On Sabres, and we'll talk to you next time.